Hey guys, Riley here. Adam sitting across from me. Holy shit. Episode 14 and we're already interviewing somebody like Soons. If you haven't heard of them, you're about to because these guys are blasting off. They just released their third album, Hold Still, and it is just a huge, beautiful menagerie of digital and analog effects. It blurs the line between what's real, what's not, and we really dive into that in this interview and it's it's great it's 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 a spooky album to begin with and 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 the way that those guys talk about it we we already it, it just it just makes it more more fun to listen to and uh, i mean uh, holy smokes if you'd asked me you know back in january if we if we'd get to soon's after three months i would have told you oh boy no way jose but here we are it's crazy we're blown up soon's is blown up what perfect synergy Holy shit, you gotta listen to this one. It's me, it's Adam, it's two of the guys from Soons. It's us at St. Albans Church, and not only in St. Albans Church, but in where they do Sunday school, which is just this tiny little, it's no bigger than the size of a cubicle, just all glass walls and filled with children's like poetry and pictures and things like that. It was a very, by far the weirdest way to do an interview yet. I would, I would love to do it every single time, though. Uh, but obviously, they won't allow uh, cuss words in the actual church, so that probably won't happen again. Anyways, episode 14 soons. Here we go. i 
wanted to ask you guys something. We were doing like due diligence for this interview, and we, I kept reading reading reviews of Hold Still, and it sounds like they were all done by like philosophy major dropouts with like a vindictive edge to it. And I just, <laughs> I pulled out some quotes that were like, um, every now and then sweet melody surface, like a new flower in spring pushing through the earth. Theirs is a world hermetically sealed, one where the sky is never really clear and the street, la- street lamps cast a wane sick glow. And even through the calmest moments, there's a sense that something's being planned. Uh, is built from the antimatter DNA of a laid-back pop jam simultaneously propelled and restrained by its skipping stone beat and OO hook. Um, Great. Yeah. Wow. Um, (laughs) By this point, we're touching back, grasping like peasants for the hem of Christ. What is it like writing music that people can only describe in tortured metaphors? You know, first of all, I think it's really, that's a difficult job reviewing albums and to try to make it interesting. Um, and I don't really, I mean, I don't know how often I even read reviews in general. So I'm not really an expert. Um, only some harsh critiques have been thrown my ways and our, our way and some good ones. But uh, how do we, I don't know, that that just is, that's like a mystery. I don't even know what that meant. So. <laughs> it's nice to know that somebody's like, you know, they put some time into it, obviously, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... I don't envy that job, so I'd, like, I like I wouldn't know what to write about a record either. And, I mean, I I get what you're saying, though. Like, what would you write? It? It's, it's, it could be hard to describe our music literally to someone, so maybe yeah. that's the only path you can take, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And um, so let's talk about Hold Still. Uh, recorded just over three weeks, eh? Yeah, that's insane. Uh, more or less, more or less. Yeah. Um, but the way, the way a lot of those songs are shaped, I feel like it's something you guys could have fretted over for a while. What was the decision to sort of keep it short, keep it uh, in such a constri- constrained time frame? Uh, money has a lot to do with that. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not. Uh, it's gone are the days where you book a studio for two months or a year and. That does, that's never been a thing. And we've always recorded quickly, all of our music. You know, a lot of the way that we work is that we 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 tour the songs before we record them. So in a lot of, like maybe half the material, we had like literally gone around the world playing it already. So by the time we came around to the studio, there wasn't too much to figure out. It was just knocking it out, which is kind of like a, I think like a really good way to produce music because you really hear what it sounds like. Um, it didn't necessarily mean that all the songs came out the way we thought, but, uh, that's the studio you kind of, but yeah, you know, you have to put a deadline on things and we were in Dallas when we did it. So it was like kind of pretty expensive to just do that at all. Yeah. Pretty, I'm sure pretty, working with John. Kinda yeah. It was kind of luxurious. I mean, it wasn't luxurious, but it was a luxury to do that, you know? So, um, and you know, like his way of working is really fast. So three weeks for him was a long time, you know, yeah. so. Well, he's such a prominent producer. Yeah. I mean, he's done tons of stuff. Grammy he he was like laughing at us that we wanted three weeks. He was like, really? We can, two is fine, you know? And it definitely, that's the one thing I could Yeah, like <laughs> th- two would have been impossible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it depends the kind of band you are and like well, how how much you have your shit together, you know, like he definitely can work for three. You can make record a record in three days with him, you know, yeah. and he'll make it happen. Whether that's the kind of band that you are, it's not really our style. So, it, you know, we definitely like are much more kind of, um, we comb things over a lot, you know, a lot more than just like playing it and that's cool. And, you know, so what kind of elements did he like suggest for you guys? Like to like, let's try this out. Let's do this and bring to the table and, Bring I mean, out your music for that matter. I mean, I mean he it's didn't, a huge change from your last albums to this. Yeah, one, so. definitely. He he his kind of I guess the if I were to, I mean, he does so many different kinds of things, so it's kind of hard to say what his thing really is. But for us, his thing was like, okay, it's kind of the old school. This is what you guys sound like. I'm not gonna overdub. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna correct your vocal take or do a bunch of things and stitch it together. 
I'm not going to like, we're not going to record the guitar DI and later on we'll figure out how we want to make the guitar sound. It's like you record it. That's what it sounds like today. That's the sound that's going to be on the record. And that's it. So that's it's, like a, it's like a kind of an old school way. And it's not how we've really worked in the past. But it, on one hand, it's great because when you walk into the control room to hear what you played, it sounds fucking awesome because he's already done everything to it. On the other hand, you like leave being like, well, I guess that's what I'm, that's that, that song sounds like forever, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like you do it a couple of takes and I don't know, you, you, like a couple of days later, you realize that you're never going back to that song. Like that, it's over, like you're done. <laughs> and it's like, oh shit, okay, here we go. And then, yeah, once you get into that mode, it's awesome. It's just kind of feels more natural rather than picking over every detail and stuff. It's he has a good way of convincing you not to hang on to that kind of shit. Just yeah, like create a mood, create a vibe that's more important than absolute perfection, and that's completely true. Is that something you encountered over like your last two albums at Break Glass Studios? Like where it's just kind of like hanging on to things? A little bit, yeah, definitely, yeah. Trying at this, whereas John's kind of like, no, fuck you guys, like we're doing it this way. Well, we play together, <laughs> yeah. with John. You know, we play all like in the same room. Yeah. Whereas in break class, we would all play together, but it would be like focusing on getting the drums. So we'd all play guitar, but we didn't necessarily keep those takes because it wasn't like what we were doing that day. Mm-hmm. So you'd have like whole days that go by where you're just completely stoned all because there's nothing to do all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So because you're doing you're in, drums you're in for three days. So yeah. yeah so, well, this is it. But if you play everything off the floor like we did, then... Uh, then you're always kind of engaged at all. It's also like setting up and like going to break glasses is literally one of my favorite places in the world is to go to that place. I just go and hang out sometimes, but you would set up, it would take eight out minimum eight hours to get the mics going for drums and like set and balance and all that stuff. So that's just kind of what we were used to. We've we've never really recorded many other places. So we flew to Dallas and it was like in the studio next day and we're like, okay, today I'll just be hearing like a floor Tom all day being hit like three, four hours. We were like, we recorded instrument, started recording that song immediately. <laughs> and it's like that day was over. We were, we finished that. It was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So it's like huge, it's change, des- huge change of pace. Yeah. And John's sure. way of working, he knows this, obviously he knows the studio really well and he can do that, but I don't know. He just, uh, it's just also his mentality. I don't know. Professionalism as well. Yeah. Yeah. For absolutely. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty crazy that you guys all went in with those sounds because listening to the album, it sounds like a really, really great marriage between sort of analog and digital sounds, especially those guitar lines. Yeah. Some of them are like, you, you, I assume that you guys are like flexing with them with like trash or isotope or these different things. Oh, you guys no. are just sort of, no, it, no. you're just producing a, like playing it or whatever yeah no like we just had straight up like yeah fender I mean, amps bass i like used the most minimal effects on this album ever that yeah we're so jealous no, we didn't we <laughs> didn't touch, touch it. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't do anything i mean from a guitar point of view it's really i think it's pretty straightforward like in in terms of it was just good gear mm-hmm. just like live off the floor live off the floor yeah, everything nice. played at the same time yeah so fender princeton thing. amp and whatever you yeah. had, I don't know. Like a champ half the time, you know, like a little, little guy. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like I remember one distortion pedal that John had and that's a bit, like I'm, I use other things, but not, I flew down with like three pedals and that was it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. It's crazy. It's good. Self-editing. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Also the keys do all the work. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What sort of equipment is that? Is that, I'm assuming he's not booting up massive on a laptop. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's all real synths. Um, it kind of varies now. Like what we're playing with tonight is different than what, well, somewhat different than what we recorded with. Uh, Micro brute or mini brute, I oh, guess. Yeah, mini yeah, yeah. brute maybe was on the record. Uh, mm-hmm. The micro korg is always on. Micro korg, yeah. That's never. Uh, we use a mini moog on one song, which yeah. is like a really hard pretty sick and, and he had one so we kind of had to use that's kind of like yeah <laughs> what's that over there yeah. that. Well, we almost sure. didn't use it but because it's almost like a cliche to like use the the suit you know that like one thing that's in the studio that you would know the studio by because they have that sort of thing but then you play it and it sounds yes. so good that yeah. 
you have you to. You guys play. decide. Let's let's do a few Emerson, we'll do- Lincoln, co- uh, Palmer covers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. But I um, mean, you know, a Blofeld that synthesizer Max used a lot on, and that's like a cheap. It's true. Actually, Max was talking about going. He wanted it to sound super digital, like honestly, and mm-hmm. I don't. He didn't do that, but he did on some tracks, like uh, more T's and ten and sounds that can only come from these like kind of newer digital things yeah. that have these certain, I don't know, parameters that would or only like an instrument that kind of subby bass line, super digi sounding, you know, yeah. like yeah, um, it's cool. I mean, you know, John would get pissed because because. Like the Blofeld is not a high end, you know. <laughs> so you hear all the electronics, kind of this high pitch noise in the chain. If you really isolate it and listen, and it would drive him crazy because <laughs> it's just cheap, cheaply made, cheap. And it, I mean, I couldn't hear it, but you know, like it was there. Yeah, yeah it's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, electronics play like a huge part in your music, for no doubt. Like, uh, does this define this help defines your sound, or is this like, like you know, how do you use these definitions to differ from other bands, so to speak? Like, yeah, I mean, I don't think we're trying to like ever define ourselves as different, or you know, I think we just kind of establish a certain aesthetic uh, from the get go back in the day, and then we've just kind of refined it over the years, and now we just find ourselves here. Um, but there was never like a, a conscious like this is what we're trying to do. Um, I think at the end of the day, you kind of it's a it's a collective of, of us four and our taste, and that defines what the decisions that we make. You know, it's not it's really just because we listen to a lot of music that we decide to do or not do certain things. It's as simple as that. You know, I think the electronic element is has always been there. It's more present on this record. Yeah. I think partly do well. I mean, just because we listen to a lot of electronic music, but Liam got a like a Vermona drum synthesizer in the mail and then so that's really kind of he's been really on top of that uh and that is kind of the bedrock of you know where a lot of the energy comes from is from him so that's kind of also like established a different kind of like on this record especially kind of it's more of like a uh, an electronic foundation whereas in the past it was a bit more of a drum set kind of foundation i think anyway yeah <clears throat> it's funny that you guys say that the aesthetic was just sort of you guys coming together because normally when it's like guitars and electronics coming together it's like oh look at that's a really nice uh, commercial for a car mm-hmm. or it's a new Tyco <laughs> album like it's not it's not what you guys are doing which is like much more raw and much like it it, it it's almost expressive and it, it feels more organic even though there is like digital harshness to it that's uh it's kind of mind-blowing huh well it's a fine line i mean because you you know when you're playing rock and then you're adding electronic, you become electro rock, which is can be a slippery slope. But then you're also not doing electronic music either. And then you add vocals and it becomes a whole other thing. You're always, it's a fine line balancing that that stuff. I mean, the worst thing you can, I mean, when you say what kind of band are you and that you're like, well, I guess it's like electronic rock. It sounds <laughs> sounds so bad. Yeah, it sucks, but it's horrible. It sounds, it's but it's kind of like, you don't want to limit your What else can you, what else do you call it, you know? <laughs> Clutching to the hem of Christ, apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what an appropriate venue. <laughs> yeah, right. It's nice in here, actually. It's very nice in here. Yeah. We had the kids uh, spice it up for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus, we're not loading gear right now. Everyone else yeah, is. Good. Suckers. <laughs> Now, how do you guys start putting together songs? I know, I think you say that you brought you bring demos to the band. Yeah. Um, normally, when I'm listening to music, I can sort of tell if someone's doing sort of like melodies first or lyrics first. Mm-hmm. Uh, no idea with you guys. Uh, melodies or lyrics first. Uh, it kind of depends on the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say majority melody first or some kind of some kind of thing that has some kind of vocalizing in it that will eventually become like, you know, it's weird because when you start writing melodies with a voice, you don't necessarily have words, but then you find con like sounds that you really like that fit. And then you kind of have to fit words around them, those sounds. So that kind of is a way that I'll generate where I like put parameters on what you can say and you can't say because of basically just the actual sound of the word. Some songs are just like mel- like the l- more lyrical songs are like come from lyrics first. 
you know, notebook shit, and then you just kind of figure out how to put it. Yeah. And then how do you how do you expand that out? Because it's like a lot of your songs uh, have distinct parts to it, but it's it's not a traditional verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Mm-hmm. Now the bridge is where I tell the girl that I love her. Blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. You guys are very amorphous, I would say. It's like watching a Paul Thomas Anderson film, hmm. uh, but for a song. Cool. Uh, how does that how does that come about when you should when like the band starts jamming on it? I mean, again, it's like there's certain kind of logic to certain of the song. The songs follow their certain kind of logic, and it they're like you said before this fine line where if you change the sound of the bass or something like that, then it changes the entire kind of like um, how the song is balanced. So there is a sonic consideration. So, and that is like just, you know, you have this song that isn't like a verse, verse, chorus, verse, but there is something there that makes kind of sense that's hard to kind of define. And then you just work on it. And again, it's like, well, why does this feel good? I don't know, but it feels like this is how it should go. You know, we argue a lot about that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, One of the things I would say on this album, uh, the the vocals are almost the most interesting textures in a lot of different songs. How how did you start experimenting around with that? Like, uh, especially on, is it uh, Paralyzer? Mm -hmm. That, uh, oh, it's spooky. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've always been doing that with a band, like shifted vocals or weird, whatever. I mean, this one, definitely on this album, there's more of, variation in the color on the on the vocal some of it's super dry which we've never done before uh some of it's like super kind of like through amps some of it's like we we're just saying like these kind of also that paralyzer one is we kind of treated it as a sample so it's the same you know pass just kind of repeated yeah. very sample like which adds to the yeah this robotics you know yeah i actually yeah. forgot we did that yeah i think that was john's idea it sounds less there cool you when you say it now, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. It's my idea. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's just a lot of variation. Uh, a lot of that was John like being like, this is what you sound like. This is cool. And like, if I were making a decision, I wouldn't have done like the super dry vocals because I wouldn't have had like the confidence to just be like, do that on a certain part of a song. But everybody else was down. So that was cool, <laughs> you know. So yeah, no, he definitely pushed the, I think everybody, but from a vocal point of view, definitely pushed it further than we've ever done it before. Cool. And um, the, uh, working, <laughs> uh, working with someone like John, it seems like Thank he's... Thank God we're not live. <laughs> he, <laughs> Go for it. Fuck. Uh, it seems like he's usually pretty present uh, in how he how he produces things. Like, was that was that a good thing for the band? Like, ooh, to have sort of someone saying, this is how it's going to go? Yeah. Or is that... Well, we didn't know how it was going to go. It was like... We didn't really know him that well at all, so we, we didn't know how he works, and still don't really know him or how he works. It's it seems to be just kind of different with every project for him, and he I I feel like he gauges that maybe every time he works with someone like how he or I don't know if he pre talks about like whatever like. I know he writes songs with St. Vincent and they build it from the ground up, but yeah. with us, it, like what you can't, you're not going to do that. And he's not, and he's not the type of guy to be like, uh, change that tone is whatever. Like he, he, I don't actually know. It's like, it's very kind of vague what he does, but he's very present and he'll, he'll just say stuff like if I was listening to that, I would not like that or, or, or vice versa, you know, very I'd be blunt. so into this part. Let's just like kind of push that a bit more. So it's 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 again it's very kind of vague, but it's not. It was never really technical. It wasn't like use this delay or this amp or whatever. So it was cool. It was, like, it was just very like mood capturing, I guess. If, How know. did the relationship between Soons and John form? Uh, dollar bills. No, <laughs> <laughs> all about the Benjamin. Yeah, no, he was. It was amazing because he was very keen and eager to work with us so cool that yeah. right away you naturally feel flattered and you're naturally inclined to exactly. warm up to someone like that you know? <laughs> sure, yeah It'd i mean after our last you. record he kind of reached out to us and was like i really like your band i want to work on your next record and that was years before yeah and we eventually met him in dallas when we played a show there and yeah so he was like a fan 
first and foremost. That's so awesome. It's That's great. Very flattering. It's it's yeah. really cool. And it's 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 I think it's really important to have someone who's really behind what they're doing, and it's not just for a gig or whatever. Because he certainly does not need to work with us. Mm-hmm. So it's like exactly. It's yeah. It was it was great, and that and that's a good feeling. It really keeps things. I don't know the momentum, you know, flowing and keeps things positive and creative. Uh, yeah, because he's writing it for the love. And it, was, yeah, yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So it was, it was really just him reaching out. It's kind of crazy. Like we've never worked with like a producer like as such before. And he is like kind of a big deal. Although, like when you meet him, you're like he's just a dude. You know what I mean? He's, oh he's man! But like I think, I, I, like, but it's like it. weird. Yeah. It's like when you work with people in like, w- w- for lack of a better word, like in another league. You know, like at one point, like Brian Eno called him. You know, when we were in the studio. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> like it's fun. shit like yeah, that. He's worked with David Byrne. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it's just like it's That's crazy. Like, like oh, I gotta finish this thing tonight when I get home because I gotta like fit. And you're like, fuck, yeah. man. That's crazy i like yeah he was telling like when he won the grammy for saint vincent he like he was like working in the studio and like she just texted him like you just won a fucking grammy and he's like oh cool he's like oh well, well yeah great yeah he's he's such a he's kind of like a diy almost like i've i i feel like he's exactly the same as when he started recording bands like almost he's probably exactly the same like yeah just, I, I don't doubt it at it's all it's such a just and it, too like down to earth like yeah that's what yeah. i do very yeah. modest studio I'm just successful yeah, but, yeah totally. like i don't let it get to my head no he, he no definitely not couldn't care less which is <laughs> honestly it's like yeah it's it's great he's really you guys are fortunate to have that like him on your side like, yeah totally oh awesome. well, we really it was really cool he's a magician that's amazing yeah He's an Albini acolyte, right? Yeah, yeah. which is cool. <laughs> well, that's we got like that you know, school. That's that school of style where it's like, just record the band what the band sounds like. Yeah, you know? we we got to do this weird like pop at Pop Montreal a couple years ago. Albini was doing a talk, and it was like part of it was like how he records bands or whatever. And um, the guy who owns the studio asked us if he, we wanted to be the band. For no other reason than just to like be there and we'll play a song and he'll record us for about 50 people who are paying to see him do it. Oh, no way. So, and that was like a good six months before we met John. We got to do our own Albini experience, <laughs> yeah. which was, yeah, it's crazy to watch him work. He's another magician, you know, it's uh, wild. What was the decision to sort of take it from more of a we'll keep production more inside the band to expand it out? Like, was it? You know, it was just felt like time, like time to do that. I, we could have easily gone back to break glass and it would have been great. But I don't know. We just it was really just like, yeah, it's just, you know. There's Try a diff- different restaurant a tonight for dinner, kind of thing. And there's a difference between a three week turnover as opposed to like a eight week turnover for that. Yeah, moment. well, actually, with Jace, our longest we've ever done was three weeks as well. <laughs> our oh, first tracker sure. was two weeks, and then the second was about three and a half. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, we wanted to do something different. That's what it was important to get out of the city. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get out of our, you know any other outside influence. I think that's one thing you guys love as well. Like even as far as touring goes, like you want to like cross borders kind of thing and like For approach sure. new people and like sure. make yourselves known in a different, de- different demographics. Yeah. Like most musicians, yeah. I think. Or, Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't know if that, it was cool to like kind of flirt with that kind of like next level shit with John. Um, yeah, it's cool. I, I, it's funny when we for, before we started recording, he was kind of like talking about like I really think that we can do a great record together, and and I feel like I could make like I could we could like reach more people if we work together. Kind of like a you know he had these like big he didn't know us you know and he didn't know how we worked, and in a way. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, we're going to work with a producer and it's going to be like, we're going to make music that's going to be the same shit, but it's going to be more people will get into it. In a weird way, we made like our hardest record yeah. with him. It's kind of the opposite in a way, even though it sounds fucking amazing. It's like, uh, it's like, a, it's not uh, like an easy listen, you know? So it's cool in a way. 
Uh, what was what would you say would be the one thing that changed? Because you guys said you toured with these songs for a while before you went in the studio. What was the one? What was the biggest thing that changed going in and coming out uh, that you maybe you didn't expect? Um, well, the I mean, the biggest thing for me would be like the two songs that we were like, these are fucking hits. These are the songs we're gonna nail. Or both didn't make it on the record. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like guaranteed. This or like this one, it'll take an, an, an hour. Song. We'll yeah. knock this one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's crazy, man. When you we recorded a fair amount of, of songs for this record, so uh, yeah, it's just it's interesting to see how it all comes together when you kind of stand back after a while and what fits and what doesn't. It's mind blowing still that certain songs aren't on this record to me. That it was, yeah, never been so sure of oneself. And then what's the opposite of that? Completely wrong about yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, well, it's cool. And that's, that's the best part. It was just like a lot of shit happened that we did not expect and we had no idea what was going to happen. And kind of a lot of stuff came out better than I thought it would. Um. yeah but nothing really specific like in terms of I don't know but yeah in the general sense kind of exceeded my expectations which is sounds negative but just kind of like it's not yeah <laughs> <laughs> is there any particular song off hold still that you're like happiest with like fuck that song came out fucking awesome and I really love it I love to play it I love to fucking promote it or is it just all in mm-hmm. abundance kind of thing like the whole thing as its own came out yeah i think careful came out really that's nice. that's one of my favorite songs man. yeah and that was like that's a sick fucking that song. was like a jam that we hadn't we hadn't really like we didn't know how that was gonna go that's a kind of hard song to play actually yeah. it's um, like what seven minutes long it's a long bitch and it's like it's like weaves itself <laughs> it's, we, it's really technical in a way you know like in a, and you, you have, have to pay to, attention yeah you one. really can't just zone out when you're playing that song yeah translate came out really nice too yeah that was the first time yeah that translate I'm, we're really happy that that's on this record because we had done that song many other times in different ways so it almost didn't even make it on this record uh, but now we're oh shit yeah it's crazy it's crazy to think of that now, actually. It is. I mean, me. I've been listening to that song for weeks now. I know. And it's like Jesus the first Christ. single or whatever that the label wanted to put out. It's just like this weird, I can't even believe it. Like, it was the last minute went back on the record. <laughs> yeah, it was like really the 11th <laughs> hour. It was, it was crazy. We had to get it remastered by itself later on because it was later. It was late. Yeah, it was crazy. It was yeah. like a really... Anyway... Are you guys doing a, how many guys interviews are you doing? Do you You're do number it? 14. 14? Oh, yeah. oh, cool. Yeah. We started up in January and it's been quite successful so far. Cool, and man. It's just continuously climbing. Okay. How's the scene here in Ottawa? How's it going? It's coming. It's going. It's coming. I along. think it's going. It's coming some along. Good bands. It's coming along. Some good bands. I produce here. one of the guys that are pithing the parenchymas who are opening up for you guys. Dude, I love those guys. Chris? Yeah. Chris, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like a yeah. mad, huge fan. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I really like him a lot. He's, like He's a really cool kid. Great. Yeah. Have you seen them play live at all? I saw them play in Montreal a few months ago. Uh, Can you imagine what it was it's like a very trying weird to show? Track his vocals because it's like He's whisper, like, whisper, quiet, and then and oh, screaming. let me let me like tie the tie the mic cord around me and yeah. scream and just roll on the ground. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, we clipped a little on that one. Can we go back and try it again, maybe? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, he's a big fan too. He's like a really nice guy. Yeah, oh, they're a great band. Yeah, yeah. No, they're a great band, and they're like I don't know. Like I, I when I, he he comes to all our shows and he like talks to me, <laughs> and, and uh, I, I really like him. And and uh, and we kind of were in touch on Facebook for a while, and then this show came up, and it seemed like this would be cool to play with him finally. You know? Yeah. Yeah, they're. Pith is really making themselves like kind of becoming a hometown hero here and all. Oh yeah, Great. cool. I had and a feeling that they've they, got, they have, they've they got a done thing. a ton of shows. They're playing blues fest this year, which is yeah, like one amazing. of Ottawa's biggest festivals. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're super proud to be opening for you guys. Yeah, today. yeah, they're, they're wow, cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Damn. Bradley has a question he loves asking every oh, single yeah. guest, and oh, I know yeah. he's dying to ask it. 
So it ends off every single episode of Stonehall Sessions. And it's one that we use to try and decide at the end, are these people real artists or are they just sort of uh, rapscallions <laughs> who have come through and taken up too <laughs> much of our time? Right. And um, the, the easiest way in the world scientifically to decide if someone is like a real artist or not is um, to ask them which, which um, former lead singer of Genesis has influenced them most in their life, Peter uh, Gabriel or Phil Collins? Well, That's kind of a lose-lose question, though. <laughs> <Wicked, Adam. laughs> Influence, I think, is a strong word there. I mean, Phil is cool because he was a badass drummer when that band started, and he looked like a monster. And I, <laughs> what happened to him is the question. Like, that's the real question. Like, what went wrong? Uh, Peter Gabriel, I don't know, man. The guy's a lunatic. Uh, I can't even listen to that stuff. Like yet. Fox, like what, what's that album? Like it's, it's Fox Drop. No, no, no. Uh, no, it's like a Genesis record. I think it's yeah. the is that what's called Fox Drop? Yeah. That's too crazy, man. <laughs> Mike Hackett sitting down all the time playing guitar. You remember that shit? He did stand up. He like Steve Hackett. Chair. He's our next Steve interview. Hackett. Sorry, Mike Hackett. What the fuck? Who's Mike Hackett? <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, he's our next interview. Steve Hackett? No shit, man. From For Genesis? Real? Yeah. yeah. Okay, ask him what's up with the chair, man. <laughs> you guys got to do that. You? I will. No, because yeah. like, Phil Collins is like, he's like double a bass virtuoso <laughs> guy, and he's kind of like, you're fine. That's, no, I'm like, that's cool. If, if that's the reason, then great. But if it's like, I'm tired, then... <laughs> I'm old and tired. Maybe that's even better. I'm gonna pull a Jeff Healy. He wasn't here. even old at the time. He would have been 19. No, no, these guys were like not that old. <laughs> you know, like when when we play the song "Careful," I would actually prefer to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so what's the oh, question? Yeah. Again? So we have to answer Wait, this. Hit. Who's cooler? Influence. Who's your influence? Big, who's, uh, okay. who's Gabriel? Phil Collins. I'm gonna. Oh, fuck. There's a lot on the line here. I'm going to say right? that, uh, f just to set this up, that grow, I mean, this is music that I would have listened to like as, in my early teens. So I think I was exposed more to uh, Phil Collins' music Definitely. because it was just seemed to be a bit more like on the radio. Yeah, or it was more like, radio friendly. And Peter Gabriel, I like the digging in the dirt like that was around the time that I kind of like that was mm -hmm. on the MTV, which I liked a lot. I remember really liking, but I'm going to go with Phil Collins because I don't know, because well, I, I, I'm not reverb. a real artist. Yeah. I can't dance. <laughs> remember that song? No, What's the jam? No, that the jam is a uh, misunderstanding. Oh yeah. That's, that's a, a great song. Must, Must be, be some misunderstanding. Yeah. yeah, that's a good. I mean, those are great. Those are great jams. I've so, watched uh, documentaries about both those fools. <laughs> it's it's, it's horrible, man. This question <laughs> horrible. So far. And like, yeah, Phil is bringing up the faders to like in the air tonight. It's like no symbols. He talks about not having symbols. I don't know. Something about the playback headphone mix that they got the compression on the headphone playback that's how they got that drum thing it was a talkback mic talkback or yeah. whatever yeah right. and it was created by the two of them working on a peter gabriel album oh i know way too much God. i spent most of my teen years just trying to preserve my virginity and <laughs> listen to like early form genesis yeah. so uh, okay so you know what I'm so talking what's about. your what's your yeah, you gotta unlock the secrets for me on this are you you guys peter gabriel or you guys i'm ultra peter gabriel i don't think adam really cares uh, which in the form of this podcast makes but it in all honesty my preference is Peter Gabriel well, uh, I would say in the Phil context Phil Collins is a little fucking too radio friendly for me mm -hmm. but uh, in the context of Genesis it's gotta be Peter Gabriel but yes. in solo career solo career you know whatever it's like how old were you when that song came out that's how usually I was born works. in 81 they were exactly. both quite popular at the yep. time Shock the Monkey Shock the Monkey yeah, Sledgehammer Sledgehammer of course exactly Jesus. I mean yeah, I mean, great. Shit. I could definitely. Peter Gabriel has more like cred, you know, artistic cred. Yeah, for I sure. I you know, he's a more popular dude. Like, I, I think if like, people don't like Phil Collins, 
Yeah. Like as a guy for some reason. Yeah. You know, he's just like an unpopular, he's kind of like the dad yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the first time he retired, he basically came out and apologized for, he did, He said he never thought his music would get so popular. <laughs> right. That's a fucking, that's a pussy <laughs> bitch yeah, move a, to do. <laughs> douche move. <laughs> but I can't yeah. wait till he asks this question to Steve <laughs> oh, oh, man, what's he going to say? <laughs> he's going to be like, uh well, he was forced Tony out Banks. after two albums with Phil Collins at the helm. So I think I think I'm pretty safe. Yeah, because Phil one. wanted to go all like you know, Crocodile Dundee or whatever. Tarzan, no. yeah, Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy man. Shit. But he won that yacht. I take it back. Yeah, he got that yacht. So there you go. He's like one of, if not the top selling artist of the '80s. It's no nuts. question. And the thing, like, yeah, I have to remind everybody is like he did that in the '80s by just putting a face that looked like this on every album cover. Yeah. Like it wasn't like a sexy. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the remastered versions where, where he does his face, face now? Face? Yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Like hmm. he still thinks he's the shit. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Which is he still he looks is, the same. Guess, huh? <laughs> or as Peter Gabriel is like, I know him the fucking shit. Man. What's the? Uh, oh man, Sklar. What's that bass player he had? Sklar. You know, he's like a studio dude. Oh, with the massive beard? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a good live video of In the Air tonight where Phil walks all along the stage with a like a headphone mic and like Sklar's killing it. <laughs> and But he walks all in front. He's kind of like, look, it looks like like a high school play and then perfectly timed, gets to the drums just in time. Okay, here may, here may is a better it. question. Don't uh, watch it. Sklar or Tony Levin? <laughs> Oh shit, Sklar, man, I'm a Sklar guy, you know. <laughs> if that's in fact his name, it's Sklar. I can't remember if that's his first name. He's like some Norwegian dude, or something. Because I only call him Sklar. All right, for shits and giggles, I wrote this down in uh, light of today's events and past yeah. uh, mm. deaths of this year. Yeah, it's a here we go. Prince or Bowie? Oh. Oh man, that's fucking like that's mom dark. and dad, you know. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> oh god, yeah, it's weird, man. Uh, like, I'm not gonna answer that one. I was like, do you like become morbid, desensitized from this shit? Like, it's it's weird. Bowie, I was like tearful. Yeah. All right, and like I don't know if I've lost any emotion or whatever, but Prince is the shit. And I I'm agree. not tearful, but I'm. I don't know if I will be. I don't know. It's Bowie, just, I, mean, I could believe. Like, all right, this guy's made his name. He's fucking conquered the music scene. I Prince was an up and comer, though. No, 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 no. Prince fucking shocked me. Yeah. Bowie, oh, yeah, Bowie so didn't young. shock. Me. So young too. I mean. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I was shocked by the Bowie thing. Yeah, of, for well, sure. Naturally, of and course. it was really I mean, sad. And this one's more like. It just seems like an accident. Like it doesn't, you know. Yeah, it's like know. MJ. The whole feel. I don't know. You're almost. It's almost like, like, Ronald McDonald died. You know. What I mean, it's like they're like so fake in my mind. These, like, yeah. and ubiquitous. Like they're everywhere, and it's just they're like a thing. It's not even like a person. Yeah, it's weird. Like when uh, Rum Williams died, and it just yeah. like it affected you in a way that you never thought. You just kind of always thought they'd be there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Joan yeah. Rivers died. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's fucking so weird. many edit points this episode. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like Prince will still kind of be there as much as he was before in my mind. Like to me, I never saw him play. Ben did, but so I'll never have that memory or whatever. So he's still kind of as much in my life as he ever was. Hmm. I think both are both are equally as influential. In my personal opinion, I'm much sadder to see Prince go. Than yeah, I am, man. That's, hmm. I've, yeah, I believe it. I think a lot more, maybe a lot more people are Prince crazy. You know what I mean? Like uh, tattoo. I know yeah, people who like, like decorated their apartments based on Prince, yeah, like Purple Rain. Exactly. For real. <laughs> so, I believe you. Jace has a Prince tattoo. Yep. Jace Lassick, Besner Lakes old school tattoo prince he's probably he's probably fucking he's in the fucking pit of, <laughs> yeah 
He's drinking hard right now. <laughs> what a somber way to end. This. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, when I was at CBC, it was the same kind of. It wasn't the same question, but it was just like something about Prince, and it was like kind of like a happy interview. And then, yeah, it's I, guess it's, and I guess it's still, it's it's still fresh for everyone. It's very man. fresh. It's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of details, man. Or what? Are, what? What are the details that are going to yeah. come out on this? It's no. cloudy, man. It's cloudy. Bowie is like cut and dry. This is cloudy. It's just shady. It, it is a good comparison because Bowie was sort of like always changing according to what was about to happen, but Prince was always just Prince. Like he was yeah. never anything but. Well, I mean, he was a b-ball player in his youth, but then he was just yeah. Prince, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he he never really changed or seemingly aged or seemingly unbelievable. Yeah, unreal, man. Yeah, it's fucking, it's crazy. Dude. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of Prince stories out there. There's a lot of Prince stories, yeah. This is what it sounds like when doves cry. Just can't get started 